Bonjour, bonsoir, wherever you are. I don't know what time of day it is where you are or what kind of UTC you're working with, but I wish you a good day. It is your most gracious host, myself, Cal Sirius, your ally when it comes to football news. And I'm, of course, with my comrade, man like Ash, what's happening? What is good in the hood? Um, what's been happening lately is I actually finally had a chance to watch that Arsene Wenger documentary, Invincible. Oh, Pretty yeah. good, I thought. Pretty good. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've seen it by now. Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, it's all right. It's good. Like, it's a shame we're not that team anymore, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> finally got around to watching it, so like, that's my only update for this week. Um, you been up to anything yourself? Nah, man, just, just living life, surviving. Um, you don't really sound like you're surviving too much right now. You sound like you're about to drop dead any minute, Ash. Nah, I'm not feeling too well, to be fair. Um, so this is definitely, you know, a fantasy manager, you get like um, a little orange, <laughs> 75% match fit. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. That's how I'm feeling right now, but I'll... I'll try and give you guys the best performance possible. I just got the exclamation mark on him. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a doubt. <laughs> yeah, all I'm saying is don't triple captain me today. <laughs> um, talking about FPL, I had a decent week last week. 79 points. It must be. Um, which is, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's nice when it's more than average. Mm. But it, it's, it's just... It's frustrating, but it's not enough to get you the uh, the manager of the week. That's what you want. You want to take home the, the, the top prize, you know. And um, unfortunately, it wasn't that good. So far this week, uh, Captain Fernandez didn't do too well in the first game, did he? But I'm hoping that because he's got the double game week, mm. that second game at home to Brighton is going to rescue my game week. Because um, I actually swapped out. Sterling to get Fernandez in because Fernandez oh, has a double you're game. Gutted. I know. You're absolutely gutted. Them kind of decisions there in it. Away to Norwich, you know Sterling's gonna back. Well, well, you know City gonna do well. But to be fair, it wasn't quite the um the result that I thought it was gonna be. Mm. If, in regards to the goal scorers, anyway, I didn't get those all right. But yeah, is what it is. How's your team going? Uh, not that great. Um, I didn't do too well in the week. I got like 58 or so, so points. I've got up to 40 points so far this week with a few maybe lesser known players doing well. So I brought in my pie for the double game week. Kilman came. I've, got, I've had Kilman for a little while, so he got a clean sheet that we'll talk about in a bit. But um, yeah, still very much like treading water with my team. Not really doing great, but hopefully... Um, with a few kind of double game weeks coming up, we'll be able to make some movements forward soon. Hopefully. Um, well, one thing you don't have to hope about is your prediction for the African Cup of Nations. Pat on the back foot for calling that one, right? Your boy Senegal winning talk home, the trophy, and your number one guy uh, that you've always been talking up on this podcast, Mane, he, he did really well for his nation, didn't he? Eventually, <laughs> obviously, he missed the penalty in in normal time. Senegal were just a better team. Like I, I think, like we said, Egypt had been through a very tough run of fixtures. Um, initially playing Nigeria, then having what two games go to penalties, um, mm. and getting through those in the knockout stages, they just looked like dead on their feet. But like by the end of it, and any team that wins a tournament on three penalty shootouts. Yeah, that's a that's that that's a new level of luck. But no, I'm really glad that Senegal won it. Their first time ever winning it as well. Aloisise, who was the captain of that famous Senegal team that went to the quarterfinals um, in the 2002 World Cup, um, ruler, elder statesman of the game over there. Like it was a great it was great to see him do that. And yeah, it just kind of worked out with a bit of poetic justice that it came down to the last two. It came down to the fifth penalty for. For Senegal, that happened to be Mane who missed the first penalty, and he absolutely slapped it into the side netting. And yeah, great scenes, great scenes. But Senegal have a very good team, so when it comes to the World Cup later in this year, provided that they qualify, they've got a good chance to do well in that tournament. Mm. 
Mm, I, I do remember our conversation and saying uh, I do think Senegal had a very strong team. They got mm. big players um, in kind of all areas of the pitch. Mm. So yeah, they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Full of confidence, African champions. Shout out to them. Shout out to the manager. He say it is nice to see an African manager doing well. Of course, um, there's not too many of them. I don't. There's. I don't think I can even name an African football manager, really, if I think long and hard about it. Mm. I always thought um, Marcel Dessay could have been an African football manager, but then he played for France, didn't he? So technically, mm. he wouldn't have even uh, qualified. Same with Vieira as well. Like, he's, from, he's from Senegal, um, but he decided to pay, play for France instead. So. Mm. Could have been in Africa. Yeah, mm. he could have been a Senegalese football manager, couldn't he? Um, but uh, not to be. Um but you mentioned a little bit of luck um, in the AFCON uh, final there. And another bit of luck came in the Club World Cup final with Chelsea. Chelsea playing Palmeiras from Brazil. And it was a tense affair. There was a penalty shout in extra time. A handball. I'm not sure if you saw the uh, the incident. but it just seems like the the football gods were smiling down onto Chelsea and Havertz didn't mess around with that penalty kick. And that was that was the end of it. That's all she wrote. It's a good penalty. Yeah, I think the game was the game wasn't all that. Like Chelsea I don't know, like we don't get to watch South American football that often, so normally this is a good like gauge of where they're at. And it was just I just felt like Chelsea didn't really really impose themselves on the game. They did in parts, but they just wasn't sustained. They've not been in the best form recently. There's been quite a few little things that's been happening with them where we've not been too sure about it. Like they dropped points, they've drawn against teams that that, that maybe they shouldn't have drawn against. Um, so yeah, I think it is it is definitely still something that's um, a work in progress. They're not that fluid in attack yet. I think defensively they're they're still quite solid, even though they've they've shipped a couple of goals. But it's just that fluency in attack hasn't really worked that well for them. Um, but no, it's just, it's another it's another trophy. I know that in 2012, when they won it last time, they weren't able to become um, club world champions. And it's something that um, a number of the players that were there then spoke about wanting to achieve that goal. So this group of Chelsea players have done what the previous group didn't do. So no, it's a great it's a great achievement for Chelsea and just another. Some more silverware for Roman Abram- for the Roman Abramovich era. It's a fantastic achievement for Chelsea. Um, just seen enough of goal going, by the way. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Two two now. The Leicester and West Ham game, which we're watching live. Uh, by the time our listeners are listening back to this podcast, obviously that game would have been completed. But it's it's well into uh, injury time now. About four minutes plus play. That's a Jared Bowen assist as well. It looks yeah, it looked like Bowen ripped in the corner. And um, it was Dawson that kind of bundled it in, not, not quite connecting with his head, maybe off of his shoulder. I make this guy captain every week, man. You like, know, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, he's he's killing it right now. He's probably a shoe in for playing for England as well. Um, um, looking yeah, at the, the assist, he got the assist. Yeah, see, super bowling right now. He's the man on fire. Um, looking at the Premier League games that came after the Club World Cup, or at the same time even, um, we had uh, West Ham versus Watford. Um, so West Ham got themselves a cheeky victory there. Um, we had Newcastle versus Everton. Newcastle winning that one 3-1. Burnley with a one-all draw to Man United. That was on the Tuesday. Um, any one of those games that kind of uh, tickle your fancy there, Rush? I think the Newcastle game is a big one. Uh, we'll talk more more about West Ham shortly. Um, but yeah, now the Newcastle game to win that three one. Um, they've they've invested quite heavily into the squad. Um, they were the busiest team in the in the transfer market. Um, they have to get out of that disrelegation battle, and they've that would that was their second win in a row. Um, obviously, more more news to come. But um, yeah, no, it's, it was a very big win for them. Very, very big win for them. Um, and yeah, well done, well done to Eddie Howe for kind of getting that team playing a, in a bit more of a, a coherent fashion. I was surprised to see um, Everton lose that game. To be honest, I kind of thought um, they would be a little bit more competitive considering they're playing 
for the approval of the new manager. Mm. Didn't quite work out in that game. Um, maybe um, Lampard got his tactics wrong on that occasion. But uh, yeah, they shout haven't out. been tra- they haven't been travelling well this season, Everton. Like mm. they they just I don't know they've got like a real soft underbelly at the moment. So like them away from home are a team that you don't you like yeah I can I can get we, you can get at them. Mm. I think if they played like a even like a Burnley or they played um, like a Brentford. I reckon those teams would look at them and be like, yeah, at home, I really fancy us. I don't think Everton are travelling very well. At home, slightly different. But away from home in particular, yeah, I don't really back Everton that much. Personally, I absolutely love the fact that Manchester United... Oh, actually, before I move on, Trippier scored a lovely free kick in that game uh, against Everton. And so it, it's proved to be a, a good signing already for Newcastle, uh, the ex-Atletico Madrid man. And um, I really love the fact that Man United couldn't get a result against the bottom team in the league uh, against Burnley. You know, I mean, I suppose a draw is a result, but it's not the kind of result you expect from Manchester United, is it? Yeah, that's... Yeah, so uh, on to Wednesday's games. We had uh, Norwich 1, Crystal Palace 1, Man City 2, Brentford 0, Spurs 2, Southampton 3, Aston Villa 3, Leeds 3. Who expected a 3-3 thriller from that game? That was a good game, you know. <laughs> um, Jacob Ramsey with um, two top finishes. Like, top, top finishes. I like the um, second one because he just smashed it. <laughs> listen, he said, I'm letting this thing go. Um, what I love about, you know what's funny about that game was, obviously, so the other game started cool. Then that was the last kickoff, so it started at eight o'clock. But then by half time, th- there was five goals. And he was like, yo, what's, what's going on? So then everyone kind of poured into that game. And you kind of forgot about the other games. Um, but there's a they, they, like, they're huge. Like, Man City got a routine win. Um, Norwich have been a bit weird as well. So they're picking up points here and there. Um, Dean Smith's definitely got them kind of played a little bit better. Um, and then, yeah. And then there was obviously a bit of a ding-dong battle with the with, with the Tottenham-Southampton game. But because it because all the focus and all the stuff happened in the first half of the Villa Everton, um, the Villa um Leeds game that's where my attention was so I was kind of focused wishing there was more there that game kind of slowed down and then it was like oh the Tottenham games got got a bit lively let me take a look at that then Leeds equalized it was a really it was a real ding dong Wednesday um but yeah good to see like midweek games always give you like some really weird results that's a good word because I'd had no idea that Dan James was going to be 2-0 up by half yeah. time two goals for Dan James, mm. I mean, good I just, again as well. Hey, I never expected it, but it is what it is. Maybe he can carry that on, and maybe Leeds are going to be all right. Mm. Um, more midweek madness uh, when we move on to Thursday with Arsenal getting a man set off away to Wolves, um, and then Liverpool with a routine two-nil win at home to Leicester. Now, Wolves versus Arsenal. Mm. You kind of look at the fixture and you think, this is actually a tough match because Wolves have been playing really well under the new manager. And Arsenal really need to kick on without, you know, having a prolific goal scorer up front. People are wondering, are Arsenal going to be okay? We've closed the transfer window. They haven't signed any new strikers, any new attacking players. They've let the big name signing Pierre Emerick or Bamiang go. No more PE14. You'd think the thing to do would be to try and replace him, but they didn't. So on that particular note there, is this is this is this um a sign of wisdom that you know they're not going to be rushed in the transfer market and they're gonna wait for the right player, or is this a mistake? Um the squad is very light. Um, and the one thing about Aubameyang is even if he's not in the best of forms, once he does get a couple of goals, you know he's guaranteed to go on a run. Um, Mikola Teta has made some really big decisions in terms of like who he wants in the squad, who he doesn't want in the squad. Um, if he gets the if he gets top four, 
then there's not a single word that anyone can say to him. If he doesn't, then he really has set himself up for a major, major rollicking. So to that to be seen, TBS, because it's, it's, it's sticky. I'm looking at the table now with games in hand and stuff like that. Arsenal are in a great position, but what you always remember is some of those games, like for instance, we've got a game against Chelsea. Our games against Chelsea and Liverpool are the ones that are being rescheduled as well. Now, we haven't been that great against Liverpool for for a while. Chelsea, we've got a really weird um, record with. And then we play Wolves at home. So we're playing the team in second, third and seventh for our three games that have, that that need to be played. All going to come in quick succession. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. The one thing I would say, though, is um, just quickly on that game. I found Martinelli sending off to be absolutely ridiculous, um, especially because I saw an incident today in a game where uh, a player fouled a player three times and only got a yellow for it. I think what he did was silly. I think what what what, what should have happened is that after the first foul, which kind of happened, and he tried to play a quick advantage, he should have booked him for the first foul. I don't think the second foul merited another yellow card. But I think what he should have said is he should have said, I booked you for this. This is a very stern warning. You don't, this is your last chance. I don't think what he did merited two yellow cards. And I just think it was a little bit of Michael Oliver being a little bit black pedantic. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a lot of uh, Michael Oliver fans out there. So uh, no surprises with that. Um, just glad that Arsenal got the win with 10 mm. men. Um, I did see some of the Wolves players coming out and saying how, you know, <laughs> they were unhappy with the way Arsenal celebrated. Arsenal uh, players celebrated like as if they won the league after winning that game. Um, I mean, I wouldn't take it that far. Although I did see Ben White ripping his shirt off and looking like he just won the league, I suppose. Mm. But, you know, it, it, I think that was a great victory to go down to 10 men, to fight like the way that they did, you know, um, Rob Holding coming off the bench and showing everyone his quality and helping the team to win. I, I thought that was a good victory. Um, mm-hmm. uh, on the note of Arsenal, uh, Arsenal legend Thierry Henry, um, I know this isn't in the notes, just a quick mention. Um, he, uh, his, his, let's say his uh, doppelganger, Kylian Mbappe, scored an absolutely fantastic goal this week. Did you, I'm not, not sure if you've seen it. Uh, Ash, no, I haven't seen he, it. He scored this Henri-esque goal. It was like a, just a curler. You know how Henri always used to get the ball on the left and then just come inside and curl the ball around the keeper? And so Mbappe scored a beautiful goal that was so Henri-esque. Like, as soon as he ran to the corner flag, he kind of did an Henri kind of celebration where, you know, where he put his hand on his hip and then he crossed his legs and he was holding the goalpost. He kind of did that as like an old to Henri after he scored the goal. After I thought that was a nice touch. Um, shout out to Killian and his old to Henri this week. Um, but yeah, we're on to the weekend. We're on to the weekend. It's Saturday fixtures now. We're talking Man United again in another game where you thought they would win and they didn't win it mm. two back-to-back draws for Ranurik Burnley and now at home to Southampton a one-all draw what is going on Ash? well if you listen to what David Gay says he believes they're cursed um listen I, last season United had this knack of just getting results like they would always get results. They'd always get results and then things would just kind of get a little bit kind of better um, as things kind of um, picked up for them. They just, they, 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 they'd work it out with the last minute winners, a couple of penalties here and there. They've definitely not got as many penalties this season. And I don't know if anyone's noticed just how much penalties or set pieces bailed them out last year. But with the lack of them being given, we're kind of seeing things level off for them a little bit. Um, there were a lot of nicknames thrown around last season, weren't there? Yeah, Hernandez. Yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then on, on that note, their better players have underperformed. Like Harry Maguire has not had a very good season. Luke Shaw's not at the same level he was last year. Um, 
we can't even see Aaron Wan-Bissaka in the team at the moment. I feel very sorry for Victor Lindelof because I think he's a good player and a good centre-back and I think he should be playing more. Um, McFred um, haven't been that great. Pogba's been injured. Fernandez's goal output has just gone gone very, very south. Rashford doesn't look like himself at the moment. Um, they've got no Martial at the moment. Rashford usually yeah, plays like, on the left though, doesn't he? And he's kind of been farmed out to the right to accommodate Jaden Central. Yeah, like Ronaldo is getting chances. He's not putting them away. Would Rashford even be playing if Greenwood uh, was available? That too. Like, there's just so much. There's just so much going on with that club at the moment. And um, yeah, it's just. I think curse is too strong of a word, isn't it? Like, but I know in certain cultures, you know, like juju or black magic or all of those kinds of things, like they kind of come on. Like, um, yeah, it's just it's it's a bit it's a bit crazy. I think I I just think that United some of the stuff was caught up from them last year in the sense of like they got a lot of luck last year. They haven't had that much luck, and their players are just not at the level that they should be. And until their players start actually like pulling their finger out and doing more, then this is going to continue. It's going to continue. Like they, the annoying thing for United as well is they've gone one up in both games and they haven't been able to see it through. That's a that's a really big, big statement. Like one up against Burnley, we saw what Liverpool did today with that. One up against Southampton. I mean, Southampton did just beat Tottenham for, like away from home, but. If you really have like aspirations of being in the top four next season, playing in the Champions League like regularly, you've got to be you've got to be beating Southampton um, at home when you've gone one like, one nil up. So especially after having gone one nil up, this is the thing. Mm. It kind of it kind of looks like they're they're bottling it now, mm. um, which isn't a good sign, especially under the new manager. Um, but we were talking before uh, we started recording about Shea Adams and the lovely finish that he scored. So mm. shout out to Shea. That was yeah, really top finish. Um, I do think he's a player that works really hard and he, he has potential. He does have some quality. Oh, just I would love to see him score more goals. I, I did think that, you know, when he was paired up front with Ings, uh, I did think that it was possible that he could score more goals and chip in, but mm-hmm. he just he just hasn't proved to be a prolific goal scorer, unfortunately. Um, he's young, so maybe with a level of maturity, he'll get better. Um, but like you said, you said to, you said to me, could he be world class if he scored that finish every week? Like he's got a long way to go to score that finish every week, but like <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens with him. I don't I don't mind him. I think he's a decent player, but um. Yeah, let's see. Let let's see what happens. And I almost feel like I know they've got they, they I know they've got this Brozier guy. Um, they've got um Alan Ar- Alan Armstrong who we haven't seen for a while. There's there's a vacancy up front that he could really cement his place in the team. He needs to he needs to do that. Once he's able to do that, then we'll be able to see a bit more from him. Onto the onto the board draw Brentford versus Crystal Palace just looking at the form table that Brentford have put together here all I'm seeing is L L L L they're probably happy to get this point um, mm. Crystal Palace with really mixed form is it is it looking like it's all doom and gloom for Brentford right now I think it's looking tough in a sense that you know when you play like there's a saying if you stand still Others are always catching up to you. So when you lose, your points never move forward. As a result, even if someone picks up a little draw here or something there, everyone's kind of just like closing in on you. Um, Brentford have played 25 games. Every single team below them has at least one game on them. Um, Leeds have two. Everton have three. Newcastle have two. Yeah, it's... It's it's it was very important to kind of stop the rock with, with like with that draw, but I think they would have looked at that game thinking, mm, London derby, Palace dropped a couple of points against Norwich. Could we maybe turn them over and kind of reignite our season again? That would have been a very very big, big big that big win for them. It would have actually taken Brentford above Palace, but yeah they. They needed they needed something. They got a point. 
hopefully that will kick them on. But they're in they're they're gonna be in trouble. If they don't start winning games, they're gonna be in trouble very soon. Doesn't look great. Um, and uh, they didn't have the big man up front, Ivan Tony, either. Mm. Maybe something to do with uh, what we talked about on the last podcast. Potentially. Potentially. Um, oh, although actually, there is a little injury list there, and it does actually have him listed as being sidelined. So maybe there's an injury concern uh, that we're not too familiar with. Cool. Big shout out to Ericsson for coming out and being um, acclaimed by the Brentford Community Stadium. Um, due to be playing a behind the doors friendly this week and hopefully we'll be on a Premier League pitch very soon. Looking forward to seeing him put on the colour. You know when he when he went down in the Euros, I was in the barber shop and um it was like a chorus of of fear and you know like it was like a lot of Africans and everyone's like, oh, 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 it's like, just like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Wait, wait. And I had to look up from my chair and, and and then, you know, I started to, they turned up the volume and it was just this huge event of a player dropping down in the middle of a game. Scary stuff, man. Um, scary stuff. I don't know if, if you if you have a strong memory of, uh, of hearing that news about Ericsson. Yeah, I remember that. Like, it just... I can't remember. I was no, I was watching. I was at home. I was watching the game, and it's weird. I wasn't really paying that much attention to the game, and then all of a sudden, I just saw. I just saw kind of what happened, and then I what I did is I rewound the game, because initially they wasn't showing it, um, what happened, and then I was like, oh my gosh, and then I just remember just every single one of my football group chats just going crazy with worry and. It became such a big story. So, like I said, it's just so good for him to be back um, and able to continue. So, yeah. Yes, man. Um, Lovely story. We like to hear that. Um, And uh, on to the next fixture, which is Everton versus Leeds. Everton absolutely slapping them 3-0. Lampard must have given his boys some of that uh, Sir Alex Ferguson hairdryer treatment after the Newcastle game because they came back in style, didn't they, Ash? Yeah, man. That was a very, very good win. Um, I actually backed Everton to beat Leeds. Um, I had them in um, one of like the coupons that I just laid for. for like mm. I get a free, a free bet every week. So I was just like, yeah, I want to definitely put Everton in that. Um yeah, I, I do wonder if 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 there's if tactics could be the reason behind the defeat to Newcastle for Everton because they played like a three four three when they went away to Newcastle, mm. but at home to Leeds they did a four four two, and maybe it's just timing as well with players coming back from injury. Um, but the four four two with Richarlison and, and Calvert Lewin up front was just way too much for uh, Leeds to handle, um, and I never do like that. Three, 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 one formation that um, Bielsa likes to play sometimes. It does work for them sometimes, but I just don't like it. I think, I think what we're seeing, especially with Leeds at the moment, is that they're kind of just they're involved. They're a bit like what what like West Ham. They're they're always involved in a thriller. There's always like it's never just a, a really tepid one nil. Like you had the six goals the other day. Then they've been they've been slapped for free. Um, they've got Liverpool and Manchester United as their next two games as well. So, yeah, it's not. So God so, help them. Yeah, it's not it's not easy for them. But the one thing that I feel like they do have is they do have goals in that team. Um, and I'm just looking forward to them just getting a little bit more settled at the back, and then and, and then they'll be alright. But no, it was a good good win for good win for um, Everton. And this Gordon lad is doing very very well. Very, very well for them. So, got an assist, got a goal yesterday. Mm-hmm. Very, very fortuitous goal off his ankle, but yeah, he's doing, he's doing, he's doing good stuff, and he's yeah, keeping some more established those. players out of the team. He'll take those. Um, shout out to Young Gordon. One win in their last five for Leeds, and uh, Man United and Liverpool coming up next, as Ash pointed out. So, let's keep an eye on that relegation battle with Leeds in fifteenth place. Two tough games coming up. And uh, they're on 23 points. Everton, 22 games played, one game in hand. They're on 22 points. And then you've got Newcastle, 17th place, 23 games played. They're on 21 points. So Leeds could very much be sucked into this 
relegation battle and be in 17th place after their next two games. Um, it's not looking good. Mm. Um, last of the uh, Saturday fixtures. We've got a big one. Norwich at home to Manchester City. We all knew what the uh, what the score was going to be. That would be the banker in your ACO, wouldn't it, if he was uh, going to make a bet? Mm. Definitely want Man City to win that. But what we never know is who's going to score the goals? Who's even going to play for mm. Manchester City? And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I took Sterling out of my team and he yikes. came up with the goods. Yeah, yikes. Um, did you get to watch some of this game, Ash? Yeah, I watched it intently. Um, great goal from Sterling. Um, so it's really weird. I actually brought Mares into the team for this particular game week. And when I saw he started in the likes of De Bruyne, Laporte, Stones, Cancelo, um, Grealish, Jesus, um, Rodri, um, yeah, just so much talent didn't start and they won 4-0 so comfortably. I mean, Raheem Sterling had the ability to score a perfect hat-trick, missed the penalty, had some other guilty chances that he could have put away. Um, nah, it's... it's they're, 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 they're such a relentless force at the moment. Um, I think it was just that, that one that one draw to Southampton has stopped them from winning... Um, think it would have been I think they've won 14 out of 15 games at the moment they just do this thing where they just completely stride away from teams um around them and they just go on like a run oh yeah we'll just here you go here's a quick 15 game winning like winning run just to win the league it's just it's crazy the fact that Liverpool are still within six points of them is real is really testament to Liverpool and how focused that that they've been to kind of stay stay in touch but um yeah Man City are just amazing they're just amazing it's a good point. And um, with the uh, Champions League coming up next week, um, it seems like Pep has rotated his squad for that reason. Um, but kind of like you suggested, it doesn't matter who plays, really. They've just mm. got so much quality in the squad. The squad depth is is probably the envy of every manager in Europe, maybe every manager in the world. Mm. Ridiculous. Um Last day of fixtures that we can talk about is today and the first one, Burnley at home. Oh, hang on a minute. Didn't we have a story about Guardiola to talk on? Yeah, so Guardiola said that um, you need 96 points to win the league. Um, so going off of the fact that they've just won 15, they've won 14 out of 15 games in a row, mm-hmm. um, which essentially is like, well, it's 43 points because they drew one. So they've really got a large chunk of that in a very short space of time. They, remember, they had a wobbly start. They lost their first game to Tottenham. Um, and people were like, ooh, like, what happened? Because remember, they've won leagues. Then, obviously, Liverpool won one. Then they won it back. And people weren't too sure whether they'd be, they'd be focused. I had them initially as my favourites. Then saw Chelsea and thought, no, no, no. That's the team in blue that I think is going to win it. Obviously now the uh, Man City have taken their place at the top of the of the league and, and are dominating the league again. But no, I genuinely think that um, he is right. Like it's a it's a big total because Liverpool have drawn um, three more games than, than than City at the moment. Um, they've got a game in hand over Man City. The, the gap is nine points at the moment, but they still have to go to the Etihad. And if Liverpool can pull something out of that game and bring the, the gap down to three points, you never know what could happen next. So 96 points sounds like a realistic kind of target um, considering just the state of play. Plus the Champions League is going to be back soon as well. So that's going to affect what what doesn't and what doesn't happen in terms of the players and, and the focuses. Mm, I'm um, sure our listeners will remember that I accurately predicted the Manchester City will win the league. <laughs> the lies isn't over quite yet. Oh, that's what we're doing, uh, yeah. We right, well, got I, I've got receipts. I've got receipts. Th- 33 points left is all that they need to to achieve this total of 96 points. Um, yeah, very doable. Very, 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 very doable. So um, let's see. Let's see if they'll pick up these 33 points in the coming fixtures. Um, Moving on, we've got uh, 
Burnley at home to Liverpool. A 1-0, kind of a routine victory. That's what you'd expect there. Liverpool doing what Manchester United couldn't do. Um, anything interesting to talk about from that game, Narish? I was surprised that Mane came straight back into the team. Um, obviously, after his exploits in Cameroon. Um, mm. they Mo, Salah came back on the Tuesday and was on the bench. But then Mane came back a little bit later and then started that game. So I was a bit surprised by that. But um, yeah, and then obviously Jota, who scored two goals in the week, wasn't in the starting lineup. But again, Liverpool just doing what they need to kind of do. They're just they're winning. They're winning enough games to stay close as close as possible to Manchester City, and just hope that number one Man City blink and drop a couple of points. But then also they're in the best position possible to play them and hopefully beat them to make this an actual title race. I think if we get to that game, Liverpool versus City, um, and the gap's what it is now. If the, if City win that game, then it's curtains. If Liverpool win that game, it's tight. It's tight. I was really hoping to see the new sign in Luis Diaz in this game. Um, so, yeah, like yourself, I was surprised to see Mane starting um, and Jota coming off of the bench. I thought it would be more a case of Jota starting um, and Diaz coming off of the bench or Diaz starting, mm. something like that. Um, but um, there's plenty of time for us to see him. Mm. Um, but uh, apparently he has a, a goal-scoring record very similar to Sadio Mane's. So that kind of makes you think, could he possibly be on a similar level to Mane as well? Well, we'll have to see. Yeah, indeed. Um, kind of a hard thing to say, considering that he's an African champion. You know, Will this guy be able to step up to that kind of level? Uh, we'll see. We shall see. Newcastle won Aston Villa nil. So what I like about Newcastle is that they're kind of looking hard to beat now and that this new signing of theirs, which you kind of would have thought would be someone who is just there to defend and to help them keep the clean sheets, is actually scoring goals. So two goals back to back for Kieran Trippier now. Um, is this proving to be a really good signing for them, Ash? Yeah, defo, man. Like, I think some people thought he went there and it's like, mm, like they might go down. But yeah, not obviously two goals um, went off injured, um, and they definitely missed his his his, his influence. Um, but yeah, they pulled it off. Watkins had a goal ruled out for a very marginal offside. Probably, and again, one of those offsides that only VAR could give. I think by the by the naked eye, you would have just automatically thought he was onside, and yeah, but obviously just because his foot was forward and the other player's foot wasn't back as far, he was he was able to be unflagged for offside. But um, three three big wins like to to go away to Leeds and win, to beat Everton at home and then to beat Aston Villa at home is yeah Newcastle have really given themselves such a good chance um and they've actually now moved themselves out of the like out and comfortably clear so they moved themselves out in the week and now they're already four points clear over Norwich um with a with, with a game in hand Burnley have Burnley have um two games in hand over them but the gap is seven points and I think Burnley's games in hand are they're not exactly the easiest games in the world. Um, but, yeah, just to be in that position to to at least say, like, we are moving in the right direction, I think it's really, really important. So, so yes. Yeah. Has Eddie Howe won you over yet, or is the jury still out? Um, I think won me over, I wouldn't say that yet, but I think he's got the team going in the right direction. So, them staying up is cool. I think I remember speaking about like kind of first phase and second phase managers, like what he should be. I just think that like I don't. I think for what they're trying to do as a project, um, I wouldn't have necessarily kind of gone with Eddie Howe as such, but it is what it is. Um, the games that Burnley have in hand are they play Tottenham, they play Leicester, and then they've still got Aston Villa away and Everton at home to be scheduled so look at that we spoke about whole Everton not being the best travellers 
there's some good opportunities for Burnley to get some points and to to make this relegation um, battle even more interesting. But Burnley have only won one game all season. 11 draws, 9 defeats. They need to start winning games urgently. Yeah, in big trouble, but Newcastle mm. looking like they're out of trouble. Um, don't worry, Eddie, if you're listening, that's Ash's way of saying that he's feeling you, man. That's, that's as good as a compliment, all of that, <laughs> that you're going to get from him there. Um, so, a uh, game I really enjoyed watching was Spurs at home to Wolves. Mm. Wolves 2, Spurs nil. Or should I say Spurs nil to Wolves. Either way, it's the same score. It's the same result. Absolutely love it. What is going on with Conte? Like, seriously, what is happening at Tottenham Hotspur? I don't know. That, that kind of result shouldn't be happening. Yeah, at home as well. Like they've lost they've lost to Southampton and they've lost to Wolves. Um those six points, if they achieve them, um I mean if Spots maybe's right. But those two points would have put them those six points would have put them um in yeah, would have put them in the top four. Yeah, no, it would have put them in the top four actually, because they would they would be one point ahead of West Ham. But they but they've they've only played twenty two games this season. So mm-hmm. they'd be actually really, really pushing um Chelsea in third and almost looking even beyond that. Um But they've got games in hand. Yeah, I know, but it's just so they've still got two. They've got three games in hand on West Ham. Yeah. So they can still get Five an points. extra nine points then. They could do, but that's what I'm saying. Like these are games that they would normally win. You'd invariably you'd have Tottenham winning at home to to Wolves. Tottenham winning at home to Southampton. They're already on 42 points with a lot of momentum, and I think it does speak a lot for what's been happening. They had a very good start under Conte when unbeaten and in recent weeks Eric Dyer has not been in the team now lots of people will say that Eric Dyer is not the greatest player in the world but he's worked very very well in that system and they've conceded a number of goals since he's been out of that system so I'm looking at it like a sense of he now is probably like their most important defender and what's crazy for them as well is their next game is Manchester City away. So it's not any easier. It's pretty tough. Um yeah, they're 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 gonna they're gonna struggle. They're actually gonna struggle for a little while now. Um I'm just going through their fixtures right now. Um who else did they lose to? They lost to someone else as well. So fixture wise you're looking at after the city game they've got uh, quite an easy run with Burnley and Leeds and the FA Cup. Oh yeah, they lost to Chelsea. That's it. Yeah, they lost to Chelsea. But then what was crazy about that is they also beat Leicester, but with those two last-minute goals, those those two late goals from um, Bergwijn. So really and truly, Tottenham should 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 have lost four in a row rather than three. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. falling apart, two yeah, back-to-back see. defeats now, and then Manchester City up next. It is really not looking good. Uh, but I can't say I am sorry to hear that. Um, last result we can talk about is Leicester 2-1 West Ham United the game that was on while we were recording this episode so um, I personally haven't got a lot to say about it but I know Ash might be a lot better at multitasking than I am uh, my gracious co-host here he might actually have a more learned opinion on this game than me no it was a good game and pretty open um, both teams seem to really want to go out for the win I think Leicester were the, became the better side. It was a it was a good first goal from from Jared Bowen um, off a long ball from Is, Is, Issa Diop, um, and then the second the second the second half um, really was all Leicester. Leicester equalised just before half time for a Tiedemann's penalty. Then um, Ricardo Pereira scored from a Harvey Barnes cross. And it looked like they'd done enough, but late into late, late, late into the game, um, Craig Dawson scored from a Boeing corner. Um, but yeah, it seemed seemed decent game. I just think Leicester should have like sealed the deal, should have won the game. Um, their form has been so patchy, like so, so, so patchy. Um, I've got a lot of time for Leicester as a football team. Like really, really, I, I like a lot of their players: Madison, Barnes, Vardy. But yeah, their their, their recent results haven't been the best. Um, 
since they beat Liverpool, actually. They've lost to Tottenham, drawn with um, Brighton, lost to Liverpool, and now drawn with um, West Ham after leading into the 90th minute. So, yes, yeah, not good. Mm, not good at all. Um, so that concludes uh, our little talk on the uh, football results. <sighs> Going into football news, there wasn't a whole lot of news, but the news that there was, I mean, it's not, it's not the, uh, it's not the most happy subjects. Uh, I mean, kicking it off with Kurt Zuma, no pun intended, uh, but uh, he did have a little kickoff of his own. This is a bit of a mess, really. I mean, we don't like animal cruelty. Obviously, nobody's going to condone that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's... I'm ready for this one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm proper ready for this story. It's, it's, it's a situation where... Wow. You'd think a, a man wouldn't do that in the first place. Secondly, it's just strange that it's a family member that's filmed him and uploaded the footage. I mean, what's he supposed to do after that? You know, obviously he's going to have to apologise. Um, um, I heard that um, his pets have been taken away from him by the RSPCA. Mm-hmm. He's, um, lost, he's lost sponsorship. He's been ridiculed. He, they, people said he should have been sacked. He should have let me go. Because I've got stuff to say on this. Before you go, uh, there's there's the issue of should he have played after he's you know been filmed attacking his own pet. God knows why, uh, but the why is irrelevant really. He shouldn't be doing that. Um, and you know there's there, there was a a big controversy afterwards because. He was played. He started the following game. Mm, he played now, well. now, a lot of people thought he should have been dropped. He shouldn't be playing. I know you're ready to go, but where do you stand on that particular issue before we delve any further? Should he have started the game? Yeah, because he's suspended. Like he got, he was given certain sanctions by the club. He was given a ban. I think it's a two-week fine. Yeah, two-week fine. He was. He he got all of those kinds of things. And he he did that. He did apologize. This is this 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 is this is my issue on this one. Yeah. First things first. Any cruelty to animals is fundamentally wrong. One hundred percent. Like we've spoken a lot about kind of <clears throat> double standards and and all those kinds of things before and here. And we are always the first people who will start with the victim. It's one of the things I love about being on this this podcast in the sense of like we don't shy away from stuff and we genuinely are uh, a very empathetic um, bunch of um, guys who will always like address a story but start with the victims first. So the cats um, that I'm not a big animal lover, but what I saw in that video was wrong. Um, first things first, the fact that it's been recorded and it's kind of come out. Again, I always uh, I'm always mindful of how these things kind of slip out because n- nothing's heard about this. I even heard a story that actually this is an incident that happened that predates West Ham. That happened while he was at Chelsea, but the footage has only kind of come out now. There's a lot of if buts and maybes, right? That's fine. But what I'm really struggling with at the moment is it's this it's this it's this it's this culture of um, we're just going to we're just we're just gonna like ride the wave everyone's upset by this so as a result we're gonna take away his sponsors or we're gonna do this or he should be sacked or he should be this kinds of things it's very very interesting that like there's always so much kind of condemnation and violent vigor for um for for, for certain players um when they look a certain kind when, when they look a certain way like you and i or or if they've done something because there's lots of other incidents that have happened that the agenda is not the same. It's never, ever the same. And there's more reprehensible acts, in my viewpoint, that take place all the time that don't ever get the same kind of energy. So the, the, the backlash, the uproar for what he's done is correct. But do you know why it's really, really hard to kind of like to, to understand? Is because whenever we whenever there's support or that's required for other things that 
are, are as important we can speak about racism we can speak about lots of other stuff we can even speak about kind of um, some of the homosexual comments that are kind of made in football and all of those kinds of things it doesn't really seem to be the same kind of energy because it doesn't really affect them or it doesn't kind of affect the people the powers that be and i thought that like some of the comments i made that i heard were absolutely ridiculous so it kind of links into this story but chris kirkland directly said on the bbc that this incident that race that this incident is bigger than racism he said it and then he came out with a really half-baked really crappy apology saying something about oh like the animals defenseless and stuff like that but there's many defenseless people who won't 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 kind of so just because they have the ability to kind of say oh no that that's wrong it doesn't mean it's okay like these these incidents are all reprehensible so all we want is the same energy for everything that's kind of taking place. And I, I really want to salute Mikhail Antonio, who was interviewed on, on Sky Sports News and turned the question around on the interviewer and had them just stuttering. Because this is what this is what really does does my nutting, right? We'll we'll have an incident like this and every single person from every single aspect of the world has kind of come in and said he should do this, he should be suspended, he should have this and that. But there's been so many other incidents where that energy is not matched. And all I want is equity. Equity is the same, the same access. The same, the same reprimand, the same, the same controversy, the same, the same, the, the same energy, the same vigor to, 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 to find justice, to, 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 to prove someone has done something wrong. Because I actually feel quite, I don't feel sorry for Kurt Zoom in terms of what he did, but I think it's been very, very telling how the reaction has been for him. And I don't agree with what he done. I'll say this again. What he done was disgusting and reprehensible. So he should have certain sanctions. But to say he shouldn't play for the club. Graham Sooner said he shouldn't play for the club for the rest of the year. Until until he shows that uh, a level of sorrow or, or, or regret. But then the person on Sky Sports said... He has done that as well. He's come out. He's even said that he just, he's willing to work with the RSP, like PCA. They've taken his cats away. They've taken like his sponsorship deals away. He's he's going to get booed at, in, in, in every single kind of like ground that he kind of goes to. He's going to go through that and he's going to have to deal with that. So what so what else do you want to give him? Because what, what I what I really don't like, and I know I've been talking for a while on this. What I really don't like is how consistent it is that certain people that are certain shades get pillared by certain people all the time whereas if they don't look like if they but if someone looks like them like some of these pundits then they always get an easier ride i didn't hear this energy when i didn't i didn't hear adidas say to suarez yeah bro i think we're gonna have to kind of like get rid of you guys um and, and take your sponsorship away when he was found guilty for racism I didn't see Umbro running up to kind of John Terry and saying the same thing like, yeah, your boot like like your boot deal's gone. I didn't hear any of that stuff. I'm not saying what, what Kurt Zuma did did was wrong, but I just need it to be the same energy for all of the atrocities that are taking place, not just this one. And now I'm done. Ash says keep that same energy. Yeah, I, I, that's I all it is. I must say I do agree. I did I did like seeing that clip from Mikhail Antonio. Shout out to Big Mick every time. It's so important when uh, players speak up and voice their opinion because it rings out, it sends a message home and it, it, it lets people know that there is a community here and that there are, you know, you, you can't just pick on one of us and single us out. You know, we're all in this together. We're all, all facing the same kind of struggles. And he's identified with another player who's just like him. And he's thought that I'm going to have to make this point so that you can see where I'm coming from. Um, and, um, yeah, I've, you said it all. There's not really anything more I need to add. Keep that same energy. That's the same energy. That's all, that's all I want. I just want. I just want the same energy for every atrocity. Once we get that, we're good. I don't think you touched on Chris Kirkland yet. Yeah, I did. No, I did. I said that he jumped on and said like a really like half baked apology. Like, like he can just bad, he can just bad, piss he can piss off, man. Like he's a he, he's an idiot. He's a full time idiot because he's come on there, he said it, and then he knows what he said, and he tried to make that this next like this next apology, which is even worse. Like just just move, man. Like you're you're 
you're just uh, and, you're, let me not an idiot an idiot with two e's my mom yeah you're idiot my mom isn't it so i don't want him to be like son watch your tongue so yeah let me just mom dad out of respect i'm gonna stop i got more to say to another one uh, Mark Overmars. Now, um, I, I found this article in Football 365. I like Football 365 because I've been reading it since I was a kid. And um, I used to buy their print, their magazine that was in print. At least I think I did. Wait a minute. No, I didn't. It was goals and it was 4-4-2. I think 365 was always in line, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so I've been reading it since I was a kid. Great football blog that they've got there. And uh, there's a very lengthy article here about Mark Overmars and the title of the article says Overmars is symptom of football's perpetual problem with women so you can imagine what's going on here this, this mm. is like this this guy's dissecting a, a broader problem um, and using Mark Overmars as like a, a case study really mm. um, so do you agree with this this sentiment, Ash, that there is a a bigger problem in football uh, regarding the way that men are treating women? So specifically, when it comes to Mark Overmars, in his incident, um, he's actually had to step down from his role as a like a sporting director at Ajax because it's come out that he'd been sending inappropriate messages to women repeatedly um and you know he's apologized um but now you know you've got people like ian king of football 365 really sort of going to town and breaking down the problem um sorry go on i think listen we if we if we talk about stuff like this we always have to look at kind of like what the what the context or what the society looks like right so to say football has an issue is almost taken away from society has an issue because football football speaks to our society right so for instance we've spoken about racism we've spoken about animal cruelty we're now speaking about um kind of sexism and um like misogyny and stuff like that these are big things in our in our in in our society and what we have in football is we probably have like the peak of maybe like ego to a point um like so as a result we kind of have that we may get a few extremes of this but it does actually speak to our society that's the first point i'd say i don't know too much about the overmars story um the quote like, here is the quote here says a series of inappropriate messages sent to several female colleagues over an extended period of time well then yeah like they've got everything in place to kind of to, to nail him it's 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 not right it's 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 not good if that was my sister who's one of those colleagues i wouldn't like it that was so a I'm, statement issued by ajax by the way yeah 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 and i feel like yeah whatever kind of comes to him should be right like he should get his sanctions if he's look if he loses his job because of this then then so be it. i think it's completely right but i think just trying to say football is the issue or football is a big reason for this is a bit like disingenuous because like we said it's a wider societal issue that needs to be addressed i'm glad it's been brought up i'm glad there's, there's a discussion taking place for it but i don't think you should blame all the societal's ills just on football no no but what what i think he's attempting to do here is specifically looking at um the examples that come from within football um he's referenced uh the mason greenwood allegations Mm -hmm. he's talked about uh wraith rover signing uh, a rapist david goodwillie um there's another one about real vallecano um, so, you know, he's specifically saying there is a culture in football that kind of either turns a blind eye or has this kind of thing, has people that do this kind of thing, you know, and that's specifically what he's talking about. I know it is a societal issue. I, 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 I get what he's, what he's, I get what he's trying to say. I, I don't wholeheartedly believe in what he's trying to say. I think 
because there's examples of like trying to reform people in other sports i can think of like some examples in like the nfl that come to mind particularly um but i i i I understand i understand the wider point like maybe sometimes what happens is if you're if you're a good enough football player certain things can be looked past or like they'll they'll talk more about your your sporting ability rather than like your character or or kind of like your 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 past misdemeanors um i think for, for me personally i think i think it's a very good topic to speak on but i just always start with society and then i look at what else can kind of happen but i do i do agree that sometimes and even me looking back at some of the things that have happened as well some there is a le- there is probably a level where you can if you're good enough you may get away with a bit more but i don't think it's just this sport i think there's lots of other sports that we've seen we've, see, we've seen stuff with i think even like in cricket there's been like some really reprehensible stuff that's happened but people have been like fine and suspended for a little while but then they're back into the team because they're still excellent cricketers mm, i heard about some racist allegations in uh cricket recently but that's no really yeah there was there there was some stuff in rugby that happened the other day there's lots of stuff in like american sports i think i think what we maybe need to do is look at the way that elite sports turns a blind eye as well i think football's a good place to start the conversation but again it seems to happen a lot in elite sports and elite sports is part of society Mm. that's why i think for me i would extend it first and then look at various examples as opposed to just say all right because it sounds a bit like football needs to do better i think a lot of i think a lot of society well i think i think it's a similar kind of thing to to remember when they had that documentary film about uh child abuse in football yeah we had that awkward conversation on the podcast and you know it's an awkward watch when you watch it it's horrible but it's a thing that was happening in football and kind of wasn't being brought to light until this uh this somebody blew the lid on it and 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 went to court and it went or you know somebody did a documentary film Mm. um so the point that the author of this article is making is that there is this problem in football and that's the way it was pitched in the documentary as well there is this problem in football and yeah there is a bigger problem in in elite sports and in society as well but mm. we're specifically talking about football with these yeah. um now if anybody wants to continue the conversation feel free to hit us up yeah, uh, on at beer at Vance. you can even hit me individually on at cow serious for what i'm about to say uh because i do believe in redemption and um, Overmars said a statement here where he said, unfortunately, I didn't realize that I was crossing the line with this, but that was made clear to me in recent days. I suddenly felt enormous pressure. I apologize. Certainly for someone in my position, this behavior is unacceptable. I now see that too, but it is too late. I see no other option but to leave Ajax. Um, and there was a similar kind of apology from Kurt Zuma. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, They've apologised. They've seen the error in their ways, and I'm ready to just turn a new leaf and just give them a second chance. If if Overmars comes to the Premier League, I'll, I'll welcome him him in and you know try to leave this in the past. And the same with Kurt Zuma, if he ends up having to leave West Ham and he moves on to another club, I hope he he's given the opportunity to have to turn a new leaf and have a fresh start. I think on that point, yeah. Just before we end, I think. <clears throat> One of the things that we spoke about as well, and um, whenever we spoke about stuff, is it's not okay. It's not enough to say sorry. You need to you need you need to show sorry and do sorry. And then and what what I mean by that is just by giving people a couple of words, a statement, and then nothing else happens is cool. But let's see like what your actions look like. Like let's see what happens next for you. Do you then go and educate yourself? Do you then essentially go and put yourself in maybe some uncomfortable positions to actually have to like discuss what you went through or to like to show your learning? That stuff is is almost as important. Like that stuff is so super important. So like I said, if Kurt Zuma, who's completely done something wrong, he needs to show his story. Overmars needs to show his story. Whoever whoever does wrong, even if it's like people who are like racist or people who are like misogynistic or they're homophobic, show your sorry. Don't just say your sorry, show your sorry. I like the idea. I think maybe for someone like Kurt Zuma, a nice gesture would be to make a donation to, you know, like a, an animal shelter that has cats or open up some kind of, do something to do with, with cats, you know, some I, kind of charity. I, I feel like that's the easy thing to do to just throw money at it. I think sometimes 
put your time then inconvenience yourself actually be present does, does that make sense because well yeah anyone, i mean anyone can run if, money if, if you're going to do the charity work if you're going to uh you know or open up a a animal shelter then you know you're gonna have the photo up aren't you where you go down there and you shake mm. some hands and you're opening the thing you know you, i think i think that would be yeah no gesture. i think i think it's part of it but i feel like it's there's there's the typical gestures of what you're speaking about but then there's the continued education and the continued showing up for this because like i said it's really easy to kind of like say sorry and maybe take a quick picture with a like holding a cat and like kissing it and stroking it but then are you actually going to continue to go like are you going to actually go out of your way to to do better like showing sorry means a lot more than just saying it but yeah i get you um i'm not even sure on uh, what would be a good gesture from mark overmars uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's leave that one. Yeah, let's leave that one before you get cancelled. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Some awkward news. Uh, some interesting fixtures. Uh, interesting results in the fixtures. Um, an absolutely fantastic result at the uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um. And I think that's about it from us. Uh, anything else you want to sign off with before we leave, sir? No, that's it, man. Just um, everyone take care. Um, be good to yourself. Be good to others. And um, yeah, see you guys in a couple of weeks. Yeah, man. Bonjour, bonsoir, wherever you are. And make sure you come back right here to chill with your spa, Cal Sirius and Man Like Ash when we go in next time. Peace. Peace.